Hello and welcome to another episode, an absolutely packed episode, I must say as well, of Jumpcast. Uh, we've got all sorts of news and reviews and features to get through, um, not least reviews of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Annette, uh, Cinderella. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the reveal of the BFI's London Film Festival's programme uh, of time recording. That was today. Um, we've also got some news to go through as well. Uh, I'm Simon Whitlock, uh, and joining me, as always, are my superb co-hosts, uh, Alex Gilston and Charlotte Harrison. Uh, Alex, how are you doing? I hear you're not in the best state of things. I'm, I'm letting you take over for another week because, as you can tell, probably by my voice, um, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little congested. A little so, congested. well, uh, well, we'll get through it. I'm, okay. I'm happy to be here. I'm not going to be like, no, I can't do it. I'm, I've got to stay in bed and be lazy. I'm <laughs> no here. lateral flow tests needed or anything <laughs> like that. Like. <laughs> no, hopefully not. Oh gosh. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed. And uh, well, Charlotte, ahoy. Ahoy, thank you. I was getting really anxious that I couldn't make my brand by not being consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought finally this would be the week I, I, I follow suit. Um, how are you doing? How is, uh, well, we, how's week one of uh, teaching again going? Um, no comment. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, well, as, <laughs> um, I just can't get past that, I guess. <laughs> uh, that bad, eh? No comment. Okay. Well. <laughs> Simon, she comes here to get away from that. So okay. just like, don't talk about it. I say, Charlotte is just pleading the fifth through this episode, it sounds like. So <laughs> I was going to ask if you guys have caught anything this week outside of our, uh, our, our, our prescribed uh, schedule. Yeah. Well, I mean... I was expecting you to ask the question. I'd come up with something oh. a bit more interesting this week, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Well, Alex, surprise me, surprise us all. What have What have you been up to this week? Well, I, for for the first week, I think since we started this, I've I'm not just going to be saying the word. Oh, I just had to work <laughs> because I wasn't at work last week. I was actually in London. <gasps> the big smoke. The big old smoke. Your guys' oh, stomping ground. Yeah. Oh wow. And I I did I'm you know what I'm going to for the listeners at home I'm going to indulge you because I do know a little bit of your of your <laughs> endeavors. So what did, what did you get up to Alex? What did I get up to? Well, I I went and saw this kind of off off West End musical. Don't think many people know what it's called. It's 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 only really got a few like hardcore fans apart from mm-hmm. that there's there's not really much people know about it. Um it's called Hamilton. Oh, oh that little thing. Yeah. Hamilton, you say? Hamilton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so I saw Hamilton. Um, uh, we originally applied for £10 lottery tickets the week before we went, and we didn't get it. I think it's notoriously really difficult to get tickets through that. Um, so it was like a pipe dream. And then we got there on the day, and I must have known like a sixth sense kind of thing. I was like, I'm going to just check the website just to see, just in case, you know. I'm like, I won't be disappointed if there isn't anything. And then they were there, two seats. And I was like, book, do it, do it now, now, get it done. And we went and saw Hamilton and it was just insane. It was so good. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you didn't throw away your shot, Alex, to go and see Hamilton. No, we were in the room where it happened. (laughs) And will you be back? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I really want to go and watch it again. Like, (laughs) terribly, like... (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should take a break and come back down. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think helpless. I'll ever be satisfied with just <laughs> one watch of Hamilton. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's left me speechless. Um, mm. so... <laughs> anyway. I was trying to think of a way to incorporate guns and ships, but it didn't, <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> Well, you know what? what it must like be nice. Like? It must be nice to have time on your side to come up with a pun. Anyway, um, so shall we talk about some film news, or shall we see if Charlotte has been able to do anything outside of teaching? Now I'm no longer a woman of leisure. Less, uh, okay. I have watched less. However, I did watch The Chair on Netflix. Oh, wow, that's we Sandra talked Oating. about last week. Yeah, yeah. I binged all six episodes in one go. And my mm. crush on, is it Jay Duplass? Mark's brother is just like, it's really, yeah, <laughs> peaking. <laughs> it's taken to a next level. Yeah, give me a broken man who wears glasses and talks about books and I'm sorted. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I've just owned myself so badly that it kind of hurts. <laughs> um, it, it's really good. I recommend it. It's kind of a satire about uh, colleges. But it's really okay. clever, contemporaneous, talks about current issues while being really, really funny. Nice. So okay. Would recommend. Oh, can I quickly say as well, when I was on the coach on the way down to London, I watched, I binged a series quite like Charlotte did in One Go. Um, it was Back to Life series two mm. on, B- on the BBC. Um, it's starring, uh, written and starring uh, Daisy Haggard, who... Uh, played Nick Helm's sister in the BBC Three sitcom Uncle. That's a bit Ooh. niche, but no, so I liked Uncle. A lot. I was a fan you know, of Uncle, I'm, and we know why you loved Uncle so much, right? Yeah, of course. Obviously, are we gonna? Do we know that? Do we? Do, do people know about this? Maybe. Maybe this is. <laughs> is everyone? Maybe this is too knows. private. Maybe this. <laughs> Basically, I, I I have met the person who played Elliot in real life, and um, we were kind of friends for a bit, I suppose. I way. mean, I meant I was more like it's got Brett Goldstein in it, and he's fit. Oh. <laughs> I've completely gone wrong on that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, no, that's true. That Brett Goldstein is in character. it. <laughs> Brett Goldstein is in it, and I love Brett Goldstein. Uh, but yeah, no. So anyway, back to that. So it was the second series. I don't know whether it's going to be the last series, but the first series was impeccable. It's so oh, okay. good. Um, I watched it all in one go. On the, on the coach down to London and it was just so good like it was literally phenomenal and if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen either of them, either of the seasons watch them because it's 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 really great, they're both on BBC iPlayer I've seen that advertised and I do need to get on that, I've actually not had many first time watches this week, I've been kind of re-watching bits and pieces um, so like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and like the Pirates of the Caribbean films, I don't know why, I just had a real jonesing for like mid to early 2000s action films who knows why um, a comfort watch a comfort exactly yeah um because i am a man of leisure this week currently i'm i'm actually off work for a bit so uh yeah i've been i've been trying to just fill my time uh i actually did catch on last week's recommendation so if you haven't caught last week definitely go give it a listen uh of uh, kevin can f himself um mm-hmm. i have watched the first few episodes of that uh, i say the first few i think i'm like four or five episodes in now and i am very much hooked so i'm just cannot wait to get stuck back into that um it's just such a weird and fun concept i didn't know if it was going to last like the novelty of it but it seems to be working really well and do you see what i meant about it getting darker 
Yes. You don't know how, oh, and yeah. it does. I know. I kept thinking, like, okay, eventually this is just going to turn into, like, it's going to just become one or the other, or just become a bit like soap opera melodrama, or like season two of The Good Place and just wear itself out a bit. But mm. actually, it's going really well so far. And I'm just like, oh, I wonder how long they can keep this up. But <laughs> there will I'm be... watching it for more than just that, of course. There'll be no The Good Place slander on this podcast, Simon. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love The Good Place overall, but series two was a bit of a... Okay, I'll let oh, you off. Come on. Okay. I'll let you off. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, on that reprieve, uh, I think we should get stuck into some news and some good news to start off with. Um, we've been waiting uh, in the UK for an inordinate, inordinate amount of time. Um, for, uh, and, and finally, it appears that our wait is at last over. The Green Knight is finally coming to UK cinemas and Yay. is also streaming. <clears throat> oh, Lord! <laughs> uh, in two weeks hence... Uh, the 24th of September is the date. Uh, mark your calendars, everyone. I just want to personally thank uh, Jump Cut's very own Reese, yes, um, for being kind of like the figurehead of the, the movement <laughs> to get it released <laughs> here in the UK. And I feel like he single-handedly, with the help of a few of, of us, um, you know, really, really took it to A24 and said, you know, give us the film. Give it us now. We need it. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think give a give a round of applause for Reese and uh, for his tenacity. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah, indeed. <laughs> Let's That's do... what we'll all be saying walking into the Green Knight on the 24th of September. <laughs> absolutely. Huzzah! We'll be parting it up Camelot style in two and a bit weeks. <laughs> um, but uh, and well, while we're talking about releases being pushed forward or even just coming out, uh, some more good news. Uh, you can tell I'm setting us up for a fall here because, uh, well, Venom, let there be carnage. It, it turns out carnage is coming sooner. Um, we have a provisional date of the first of October. I say provisional because God knows what's going to happen <laughs> between now and then. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, but currently, we have this for the the start of next month rather than halfway through it. I think that it got moved to the um the first of October for America, right? Okay. I don't think they've fully confirmed anything for the UK, but I believe that the um the date was actually still the fifteenth of October from the last time it got delayed. And they right. hadn't changed specifically, so I think that's still gonna be the case. Well, at the very least we'll have no time to die to watch. Hopefully that's anyway. Yeah, that well that's what I was thinking. They're not gonna release Venom on the day after uh, No Time to Die comes out because that's stupid. It'd be mad. Mad. I tell you. And then it would be carnage. June, like the 24th, right? Oh, Something yeah. Like Literally. Yes, it's mad. Oh, Crazy. Cinema. Blimey. Cinema. <laughs> uh, truly, uh, truly blessed with, with what we've got coming. Um, sadly, that isn't the case for some films. Uh, not least the film that I have been most excited for. Uh, again, if you caught earlier episodes of this form of the podcast, uh, you'd know that one of my most ex uh, most anticipated films for the rest of this year was Jackass Forever. And that is now one of my most anticipated for 2022, as it turns out, because that has been pushed to February next year. Um, included in the delays were Mission Impossible 7, which is already coming out next year. It's just coming out later next year. And Top Gun Maverick, which is now a summer 2022 release. Allow room for collective sigh of yeah, 
stress yeah. and just general fed upness. I don't know. I, like with Top Gun, I feel the same that I feel about James Bond and that there were trailers all the time. And then when we went back to the cinema, you know, during last summer, they were back, those trailers. Yeah. There's another one that's back two years we're looking at between initial release date and the one they're currently looking at. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because this news came out just before the end of the, the fort. Well, because obviously in America it was Labor Day weekend, so it was a kind of bank holiday. Mm. Um, and this news came out just before it was announced and revealed that Shang-Chi had broken all post-pandemic well, say post-pandemic, um, you know yeah. what I mean, um, yeah. like records and also Labor Day records as well. So I feel like they're kind of being preemptive for no reason. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's, um, I guess. How can they have some like fates in the basement, like Hercules style? Looking <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a packed slate for the rest of the year. I guess they didn't yeah. want to hedge their bets. Very true. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but you know, at least one thing we can be sure of is that we're going to get some double Tom Cruise action next year. No matter. Yes. Well, best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll just never see those films. Maybe, maybe I'll put the theory onto Top Gun Maverick instead of James Bond. <laughs> I like to think it's more of a picture of Dorian Gray kind of thing, <laughs> and like. <laughs> No one can see those films, otherwise Tom Cruise will just age in a second. <laughs> Xenu will come down from whatever planet he's on and uh, abduct us all or something, I don't know. Scientologists, get in touch. Actually, don't. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. Um, we do, I think, need to stop the... the, the to, to go to a bit more of a somber, somber place very briefly. Um, so last night, uh, at time of recording, so this will be on Monday, when you're listening to this, um, we found out that uh, Michael K. Williams, um, a fantastic actor, uh, sadly passed away. Um, he was an actor who was very much like he was incredibly established even like now, but he still felt like he was just getting started uh, in so many ways. Like his legacy uh, on television and on the big screen will live on forever. Um, obviously. Most significantly, his role in The Wire is Omar Little. Uh, obviously, Charlotte, you've recently been watching Boardwalk Empire, so Chalky White will be very mm. fresh in your memory. Um, and then he had so many... Um, well, he, he was more of a... He was involved in so many major productions on the big screen as well. Um, but he just never got his dues, I think, on, on in a major feature. And I think that's such a tragedy. Yeah, completely. In Boardwalk Empire, he conveyed so much with just the simplest of looks and this depth of kind of profound emotion about just everything. Um, yeah. He was a fascinating presence, stole every every shot he was in. Um, what I've loved seeing, though, on Twitter particularly, is the outpouring of love for him. Yeah. From fans, people he worked with, and also clips of interviews he did. I saw one earlier on with um, Wendell Pierce. They were being interviewed on a red carpet. Um, and Wendell just spoke about how brilliant he was, and you could feel that love, admiration. It was, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, no, it is really lovely. Um, one which I found particularly astonishing in the wake of the, the tragic news um, was there was this piece, uh, I'm assuming it was part of an interview or, or something, where uh, he was basically playing 
different versions of himself as as his characters that he played and talking about his process and talking about typecasting and i'd never seen that before and it was absolutely just like it was such uh like it was it was not for like any major production or anything like that but even in that it was so commanding and it was like it's two minutes long uh if you're on twitter definitely seek it out it's probably on youtube or all other sorts of social media sites but i i highly recommend it it's a really well put together and well considered piece about typecasting um and he is terrific in it and that's just you know not even going into um you know the other things we've mentioned here and and haven't mentioned in fact so um yeah it's just such such an awful loss uh for well for acting and for film and for television and well apologies to go from something so somber to something a bit more uh lighthearted in tone but uh we are going to be um as we always do on on jumpcast uh is giving a brief rundown of the trailers that have come out this week uh it's been a very interesting week for uh well films jumping on the uh publicity ba- uh, wagon um not least well one which had quite a muted uh, and quite an interesting reaction a- across social media definitely um it was roland emmerich's grand return to the big screen uh with moonfall uh, a film which can be summed up quite neatly uh, by its title. <laughs> Moons be fallen. <laughs> As God is my witness, that moon shall fall. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, it's it's got the classic Roland Emmerich high concept, so everything, the world's going to end. Uh, Patrick Wilson looks like he's just Patrick Wilsoning in this. And that's yeah. a bad thing? No, no that's good, no, right? No. I, like, I like Patrick Wilson. <laughs> He's always like confirm we were on the same page. No, are. no, it's good. always he's always that guy who just turns up in a film, be it kind of bad, middling, or good, and you go, oh great, okay, I'm in safe hands. Patrick yeah. Wilson is one of the actors that will always make a film better. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Aquaman, case in point. I mean, he is I great. The in that. octopus with drums made that film better. Oh <laughs> yeah, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> I, I feel I like deny that. <laughs> There are three parts of that film where there are easy, like, okay, I'm out of here kind of points. One is the drumming octopus. The other one is Pitbull does Toto does Africa. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one is probably the first time Patrick Wilson says Ocean Master. (laughs) I was going to say it. Can you tell us? Show us. (laughs) I I can't. I I can't. Can't possibly. But I think, you know, this is just a good... um, Good opportunity for everyone who hasn't yet caught Aquaman to go and catch Aquaman. Um, and or not. If you, if you don't really fancy it, then you're not really missing it's out. It's quite long. It is quite yeah, long. Yeah, a bit long. bit long. <laughs> but it's a bit meh. Bit, uh, it's, it's quite fun, though, guys. For, for a, one of sure, those... Simon. Sure. Okay. I feel like I'm fighting a losing battle here. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on to the next film then. Uh, another film, again, which could very easily uh, be assumed to, uh, for what it was from its title, but seems so much deeper than that from the trailer. Uh, Belfast, so Ken Branagh's uh, seems semi-autobiographical, maybe fully autobiographical film about growing up in Northern Ireland. I love a mm. Kenneth Branagh film. Me too. Any chance I get a Kenneth Branagh film. And I think, um, you know... We we were meant to be treated to another film in his Poirot cinematic universe, uh, but it has been consistently delayed. Uh, so it'd be yeah. nice to finally get another 
another old crack of the whip on on and not only this, movie. This trailer look epic. I've just seen the running time. It's one hour thirty seven. Mm, that oh. is music amazing. amazing. Speaking of Charlotte, you had a fun fact before uh, the before we start recording about the song yeah. playing in this trailer. So, "Everlasting Love" by Love Affair is played in the trailer, and in Nick Kent's autobiography, where he wrote about his career at NME, he talks about how one of the first rehearsals with Sex Pistols that was one of the only covers that they used <laughs> as their song to rehearse to. So, whenever Excellent. I hear that song, I think about Johnny Rotten just snarling over those. Lovely, lovely words. <laughs> <laughs> Not the only thing in recent years he's ruined, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, God. Butter. Didn't he do a butter advert? Butter. Um, I think there was a Sex Pistols reunion tour as well. God help me, that must have been dire. Um, not that I'm saying that the Sex Pistols were dire. You're, I'm, I'm not that bold. But ugh, imagine 50, 60-year-old men doing that. Just ugh, gives me the heebies. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so we um, to to round off the trailers, we actually have two Netflix films, uh, which are finally getting a bit of discussion. Uh, so we have well, let's start with uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal Antoine Fuqua um, collaboration, The Guilty. Uh, Charlotte, yeah. so um, you, I think you saw this before, so. Uh, I think you saw the film me earlier. I, what did you think about this? Because I, I'm, I'm not so sure. Does Alex need to put his fingers in his ears and kind of go la 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 no. la for a little bit? Uh, no, okay? I'm okay. You can, you can chat. You can chat. No, I, it's just because <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm watching this film at TIFF, so right. I have only watched like the first fifteen seconds of the trailer. I kind of want uh, okay. to go in as dark as possible. Gotcha. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I particularly like what looks like the one room, one building concept, it mm. gave me kind of buried vibes. Okay. Or um, the Tom Hardy film where he's in the car. Oh, Lock. Yeah, in terms of a strong leading actor. Strong leading actor? Are they strong leading actors? Yeah, I guess they are. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. That's a weird trio, though, isn't it? <laughs> they need to do um, a film together now. I'm just thinking about that. Maybe manifest it. Uh, I thought it was a strong trailer. Like, I'm intrigued. I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. See, all I could think of was that Halle Berry film, The Call. When I was watching that trailer, it just feels very, like, unless they do something really interesting with the premise. I don't know. It it just feels like another one of those films. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, but I just, I don't know. I Convince me. Wow me, film. Um, <laughs> another film... <laughs> which I feel like needs to do a lot of convincing as far as I'm concerned, is Red Notice. Now, this is, I believe, Netflix's most expensive film to date. Yeah. No, oh, thank you. What? It, it, it is, yeah. They, they've pumped momentous amounts of money into this movie. Probably not half, well, probably half of it is going to the three leads, <laughs> for being honest. Um I'm really glad this is a podcast, not like a video cast, because my face right now, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Head in hands, what's going oh, on? Cinema! Yeah. But, you know, it will give the people what they want, and apparently what the people want is a triple-hander of Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot uh, mm. doing antics. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally just that, isn't it? And that... It's so plainly just gonna be a bunch of rubbish. It's like what was that 
Ryan Reynolds film, Netflix film that came out last year or the year before, or like kind of uh, early last year, was it Six, Six Underground? Underground? Yeah, like, uh, does anyone remember that? I feel like this I is going to be the case <laughs> with this film. The fact that we were struggling for the title. Exactly, then. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember it, so. I was just going, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, definitely. But, yeah. I, you know what? People are going to watch it. It will do two weeks of talking about, and then it'll be just, just it'll just disappear. I, I agree. I think that's the Netflix the way. Yep. Yep. Very, very much so. Oh, gosh. Um, but unless anybody's got any strong feelings on those four trailers that we haven't yet discussed. Nope. As long as no. I'm going to be seeing a moon fall into Earth, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about Belfast. Um, no. <laughs> oh, dear. That, that went down like a, a moon. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say in passing, actually, is next week we know that there'll be at least one big trailer to talk about, which is Matrix Resurrections. Um, there is a yeah. very cool thing, actually, currently, uh, where if you go on the film's website, which is whatisthematrix.com, um, it gives you a personalized teaser depending on when you're watching it. It's very cool. Ooh, I was nice. very impressed. Very interesting. Not least because I'm assuming it was Yahya Abdul-Mateen telling me you might think it's whatever time I was watching it at five past four, but really it's this uh, like, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so blew my mind a little bit. Um, anyway, enough, enough talk about trailers. Silence. I <laughs> want to hear about our lovely patrons. Now, who's doing the honours this week? Is it my turn? Is it your turn or is it Charlotte? I think it might be Charlotte. Hang on, I did episode zero. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can check. We listen to some, some, oh, fun, some oh, fun behind the scenes you. info here. We it do this on rotation. Me. You might already know this if you listen every week. Uh, <laughs> and we are. It's because it's such a privilege that I want to make sure I'm not exactly. stealing it from someone. Exactly. Uh, you know, we don't want you to get bored and hear your name being, being thanked uh, by the same voice twice in a row. So, you know, we want to make sure we're getting this right. Exactly. So, Charlotte. Yes. Yep. Do you want to as, take it away? Yes, thank you. Um, as you mentioned earlier on, our writers, our team, couldn't do what they do without the support of our patrons. And through Patreon website, they have supported us uh, with the various, as we've talked about before, the various peers of Ryan Gosling, which is a band name I'm going to steal. Um, so I'd like to thank, or we'd like to thank, Chris Wilson, Ian on Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Orla Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meekin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Galvair, Martin Richmond, Manuel Bento. Thank you very much for your support. You really are superstars. Yes. Absolutely. I think um I think instead of it being a band name, we need to now make a special jump cut podcast called The Many Tears of, of Ryan <laughs> Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll just be like a, a Ryan Gosling introspective. <laughs> oh my god like i am like... the money maker take me to dragon's oh, gosh <laughs> yeah we could do like a jingle but you know tears of a clown but just replace it with Brian <laughs> <laughs> yeah it also just sounds like one of those uh, books you pick up in an airport when you're going on holiday the many tears of Brian gosling <laughs> <laughs> yeah like those kind of like celebrity gossip books that they make yeah. <laughs> specifically for airplane like for flights yeah well, that tad Keanu get, uh, meme, but tears of Ryan Gosling. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's get crack. Well, I'll tell you what, let's get cracking on some films which have come out, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we are well. We we haven't had a raft of films come out this week. Well, we have. We haven't been able to see all of them. We're only human after all. Um. So there are some big films which need discussing. Um. One which I think is going to be an interesting discussion. Uh, well, they're all going to be interesting discussions, hopefully, but one more so. Um, but let's start with arguably the biggest release uh, in cinemas only uh, that has come out this weekend. Uh, so Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is Marvel Studios' 20 billionth film. Uh, and uh, this time we are, well... We have a new hero and a new, new, new story, newish story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who wants to take this? Who who wants to get started? So, um, to for those of you who live under a rock, uh, and or just haven't had a chance to see, <laughs> of course, again, you're only human as well. You know, you're not going to be expected to catch up with all of the intricacies of the MCU. Um, so this is the story of Shang Chi. Uh, who is the son of Wen Wu, played by Tony Leung, uh, more on him later, um, who is uh, a warlord who has ten magical rings which make him invulnerable and all-powerful. Um, and basically, it's it's a Marvel film. So one's good, one's less good. There'll be friends made along the way, there'll be enemies, there'll be double-crossing, there'll be a CGI fight. Uh, guys, what did you think of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to one of you guys to go first. I'll let you decide. It's funny that you describe it like that because <clears throat> you know for certain Marvel films that is incredibly true. And to be fair, to you know to be fair to that, Shang Chi is pretty much that in a nutshell. However, I feel like it kind of transcends that a little bit. I think maybe in the same vein as Black Panther did um, back, what, three years ago now? Over three yeah. years ago. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I mean, put, to say that, that what you said is the Marvel formula, right? That is the Marvel yeah. formula. It does the Marvel formula perfectly, I think. Um, I don't have any gripes with it as a general like piece of, of Marvel Studios filmmaking. Um, but I just think, I don't know why, but I was so incredibly impressed with it. I think um, it's mainly down to the performances. I mean, uh, Simon Liu is just, he like radiates charisma and like it seems to be the perfect choice um, for, for Shang-Chi and yeah. it's going to be pretty awesome going forward uh, seeing him grow and Hopefully, I think become like a fan favorite. I I, I genuinely mm. believe that's the trajectory that that he'll go on. Um, I also absolutely love Aquafina's character Katie. She is wonderful in this film, and again, you know, as Marvel duos go, as like the kind of the main and the sidekick almost, the, you know, the best friends. They are like the new, the new kind of duo in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I think that they're going to be awesome as well um, Tony Leung is insanely good um, in his role and I mean yeah 
just really, really awesome. I, I think that the kind of the drama side of the film is the best. You know, the family drama side of the film is kind of the where the strong points are. The that narrative goes through and where it ends up in the final act. There's some really great emotional payoff, which I think is really well earned. And um, yeah, I, I I just loved it. I honestly loved it. And it's the first film I've ever seen in IMAX. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to Which ask about amazing. that. amazing. What a banger to start with. Yeah. Let's say, how, how, was the, how was the IMAX experience with Shang-Chi? It was awesome. Like, it was insane. It, absolutely insane. I nice. adored it. I, I thought it looked crisp. Oh. <laughs> Let's say, I envy anyone who gets to see an IMAX version of any film, really. Yeah. Just such such a phenomenal experience. I just don't get much chance to do it because um, the closest IMAX screen to me is like forty minutes away on the train. So oh, blimey, yeah, it's it's just a bit annoying. So it was nice to finally finally get to do it. And my God, is the Leicester Square Cineworld IMAX screen? It's just a bit big in it. <laughs> yeah, I once saw a press screening of Baywatch there, and that's the only time that IMAX has been not good. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got like throwbacks then, flashbacks. Um, in terms of uh, Shang Chi, um, building on what Alex said, my favorite Marvel films are the ones that blend genre within superhero, not just a genre, but blending other things. Mm. Uh, like Luke Cage was a western, followed the formula. Jessica Jones was film noir. Thor Ragnarok was a Taika Waititi film, and with this one, following the patterns of the martial art movie. Yeah. That's when this film really, really worked. I think I loved two thirds of it, and mostly for those fight sequences that have me wanting all the time to kind of do those air moves and the leg thing. With the... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if this was a video, you'd know what I meant. Describing <laughs> it really poorly. Um, I loved that. I loved the dynamic, but almost like Alex said as well, Black Panther, Shakespearean family drama at the center of it. Um, which was really believable, beautiful opening sequence. Oh, but yeah. I, it, it did lose me towards the end when it got smashy, smashy. Yeah, I did feel a little bit the same. I kind of thought, oh, that is a shame because I was really getting into Shang-Chi. Like, I guess my introduction to this review was a little bit reductive uh, and just kind of cons- regarding it with the same formula as the Marvel films. But like you guys have said, um, you know, I can only build again on what you two have already said because I completely agree. Um, I really liked this film. I I'm not one of those people who worries about the whole superhero fatigue. I think a good film is a good film. Mm. Um, I did wonder a little bit about this because I knew nothing about Shang Chi. I knew nothing about um, mm, yeah, like that character or that mythology. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. I I. Was I guess that meant I was more ready to accept whatever was going to come, and it just was so good that they had not only a fantastic director in Dustin Daniel Cretton, who also I should say made one of the best films of uh, oh gosh, was it 2020, 2019? Just Mercy, mm. of course, yes, yeah. which was unbelievably good. What if you haven't film. caught that, listener, yeah, so good. Wow, what a film! Um, and then yeah, he's he's made this as well, which. Like you guys have said, it's primarily a family tragedy um, and a martial arts movie and then a Marvel film, like, third on that list. Yeah, yeah, um, Yeah, like, 
I the one thing I was most impressed by, uh, certainly as someone who just wants to watch a good film, is just how easily someone could go into this not having yeah. to have done all of the homework on the MCU, not having to know who, uh, like who. Well, I mean, maybe a little bit of like who Tony Slack. Oh wow, that's a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? Well, not really. Okay, I okay. think it would. Well, I think it would be. I mean, he's not interesting. In it, but... I think it, it's very much prevalent to say, like, you know, maybe watch Iron Man three, if, if maybe watch if Iron Man you want to brush up on the on the the knowledge, the in knowledge. Yes, because the Ten Rings and <laughs> yeah, but you don't need to know who the Ten Rings are before going into this film. No, and you don't need to know who the figureheads of that in these films have been, including uh, up to and including Iron Man three, <laughs> uh, and uh, who who they may or may not be in that film. Um, to not give too much away of Shang-Chi to those who haven't watched it yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that it's what really impressed me as well is that you have a film where like so often in recent times, action films are not shot and edited very well. Like they have, mm. there's almost a, there's almost a need to just kind of keep cutting and keep kind of getting in. Like, um, the Snake Eyes film, the oh, GI Joe film, was awful for that. <laughs> oh. Like it's just incoherent, terrible, and yeah, and like yeah, and and but this it just let you see what was going on. I thought mm-hmm. that makes the world of difference. That did lose it a little bit in a third act, I will say, when things uh, got a bit CGI and a bit like, okay, uh, what's going where and where are the rings doing now? <laughs> it was. Yeah, that lost me a little bit. I think it's arguably some of the best action that we've seen in a Marvel 100%. Cinematic Universe film, like, ever. Yeah, it kind of absolutely. completely just tran- like transcends anything that we've seen before in the universe. Uh, that yeah. The bus scene is just... I mean, that comes in, like, the first act, and it's it, you just... I mean, we saw it a lot in the trailers. Um, I tried to stay away from the trailers after the first one, I think. But... um. But it was just so good. Uh, uh, the the scene on the side of the skyscraper. Oh my! Oh my gosh! Christ, that was so good. Uh, yeah. I, I think yeah, so I could just good. talk about moments in this film because you have that, and then you have the because this film is a kind of a bit of a non-linear, a bit of a fragmented timeline in its storytelling. Yeah. The meeting the the the, the first time that Shang Chi is a grown up. And when Wu, so Tony Leung's character, meet uh, as adults is about halfway through the film. Mm. And when he comes on screen after that sequence, genuinely, I my my I had a little bit of my breath taken away. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. oh, this is a screen yeah. presence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also have to say as well, um, another positive, and I have to give full credit to my friend who I watched this with. Um and he said this, and I thought, you know what? Actually, that's so true. Um, and th- what he said was, is that after coming out of it, he knew instantly that he would want to watch it again. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and it's always that thing, isn't it? Because I personally believe if I'm going to do a rewatch of the MCU, there are certain films that I kind of go, oh, well, I could skip it. <laughs> I could skip it if I wanted to, if I was, you know, if I was feeling, feeling like it. But I don't think Shang-Chi would be one of those films i'd definitely watch it again and again because i feel like it's it's worth it i also have to say as well of course we we can't go without talking about how important this film is as well for 
representation in Hollywood mm. um, and how it's opening doors for, um, you know, the presence of, of Asian people on screen um, and also the fact that it's absolutely blown box office predictions out of the water and ended up making nearly $150 million worldwide over and did I see one of the smallest days. budgets as well? And also, yes, one of the smallest yeah. budgets for a Marvel I film. Think it has, I think it has surpassed its production budget now. Incredible. So, I, yeah, it's just insane stuff. And, you know, if there was any doubt that they were going to pop Eternals and, and Spider-Man out towards the end of this year, I don't think there are any doubts anymore. I think they're going to they're gonna full steam ahead. Yeah, absolutely. One point that I'm going to make, and then I'll leave, you, leave it to you guys so I'll stop rambling about this film. Um, on the point you made about representation, Alex, I think one thing I was surprised at actually after I came out of the screening was that um, Meng Ersh Zhang, um, sorry if I'm getting the pronunciation wrong, uh, who plays Shang uh, Chi's sister Zhaoling, that was her first ever on-screen performance. It's her Whoa. only IMDb credit. How Whoa. insane is that? She is and she brilliant. met her husband and while filming also... it as well. She also met her husband, which is the cutest thing. Apparently, Aquafina threw a party for them and everything. Um, yeah. Oh. That's so wholesome. Not not nearly as wholesome as Simulu being a stock stock image model. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> and also, how much he loves being doing all this stuff. The press tour, yeah. all of that. Yeah. He's having the best time of his life. It's it's the um the ultimate manifest, isn't it? You know, the mm. tweeting Marvel Studios however long ago it was, as a joke, probably. And just that trajectory from there oh, on yeah. out. And yeah, I it couldn't have I don't think it could have happened to a better person. I genuinely believe because you know, some of the leading men and women in this franchise over the years have, have been kind of problematic um <laughs> so I, you know it couldn't have happened to a better person and honestly i'm i cannot wait to see him fry further and i imagine that shang chi is going to be such an integral uh part of the next saga which is just going to be great to see absolutely without going too bold too soon potentially i kind of feel like this has the trajectory that if we hadn't tragically lost chadwick boseman last year that Black Panther would have had for the Marvel franchise yeah. machine. I feel like things like Shang-Chi are going to carry that forward as well. 1000%. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be very exciting. And I dare say um, to carry on things in the Jump Cast family, <laughs> to keep it in the Jump Cast family, <laughs> uh, Jump Cut family, um, I dare say, because uh, people who uh, are out of the loop on this, uh, the guys uh, sometimes do uh, things called jump chats um, where they just kind of talk about something in specific. Uh, so there may be more detailed things on Shang-Chi. No pressure, guys, if that's not the case. But, you know, if you do, I'll be listening. And uh, I, I, think... I think we could always do like a bit of a, a more spoilery discussion later down the line. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. We want to be talking about those after credits scenes. They, they were yeah. interesting. And, and you know, some of the more spoilery aspects of the film that definitely could be talked about. Yeah, and mm. hey, why not let us know, listener? Um, drop us a line if that's something you'd be interested in hearing, because you know we'd yeah. love to talk about it if there's if there's interest. I'm a massive Marvel nerd. I could talk about it for hours. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh goodness me! I mean, yeah, would not hesitate. Just talk about films generally. Uh, mm. And well, one one piece of 
true cinema to move on from Shang-Chi because again we could talk about that until the cows come home or the weird pig chicken things um <laughs> let's move on to a film which is entirely different <laughs> uh so this is actually the much anticipated uh musical by uh Leos Carax and music and story by Sparks uh Ron and Russell Mail uh, Annette it's it's here it's bizarre it's it's really really something um it feels like to talk about this already kind of invites the risk of going into story points that people might not want to know yeah uh, yeah I think, yeah I, uh, what to say about this film honestly i'm still <laughs> kind of baffled by it um I was gonna say you got you you um so we have a little group chat thing on WhatsApp and you messaged after you'd seen it just with a gif. Oh yeah, the one uh Ron from Parks and Rec. What was it he says? Like what just happened? What the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. Um so I saw this at Picture House Central Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say audience of like thirty percent capacity, which is you know Pretty I don't know what my point is there. It's it that's something. Um, I will say though to kind of counter my past self, I think I've got to the point now. If I rewatched the film, I think it might click more in place mm-hmm. in terms of the rhythms of the film because it has a really everything about it is unique in lots of ways, and the rhythm of it and how unexpected things are. I think it made me slightly uncomfortable because I couldn't predict it like I normally could with a film, and I think maybe that would play a part. Um, but I went into it with lots of goodwill because of seeing the Sparks Brothers, the Edgar Wright documentary, mm. a few weeks back, and I knew how important it was to the Sparks boys, who I'd fallen in love with, Team Run, um, <laughs> as a result of the documentary. So I was so excited to watch the film. Um, yeah, how to talk about the film without talking about it too much? Yeah, it's a it, tricky one. I don't think it's as long as the running time says on IMDb. That was one thing I thought about. <laughs> yeah, but it was still pretty long, wasn't it? It was still pretty long. And I did say to my friend when I saw Shang-Chi that I hadn't checked my watch at all during Shang-Chi, whereas I had during Annette quite right. frequently. Yeah. Let's say, I, I, I did feel the... like I didn't have the need to like get up and walk out to like take a comfort break or anything like that. But I definitely was getting to a point where I was shifting a little bit in the seat, especially kind of two-thirds of the way in. Mm. Um, again, this is so tricky to talk about without giving too much of it away. <laughs> um, because so much of it is just like... Really okay, so the, territory. the basic setup is that uh, it's a story of... It's essentially a love story. Um, you, you have Henry McHenry, who is a comedian, kind of in the vibe of like Bill Burr, uh, Chris Rock, who actually get thanks on the credits. Um, oh. from Adam Driver. I'm assuming they gave him pointers and training on how to be a stand-up comedian. Um, kind of Bo Burnham-ish as well. Kind of Bo Burnham-ish as well. Kind of playing yeah. with the audience. Kind of very meta, yeah, exactly, yeah, playing with the audience very much so. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he has this show, The Ape of God, which is very, like, puerile and very crass um, and very provocative. Um, and then you have Marion Cotillard, who is Anne, uh, who is this opera singer, and there's a very kind of they they talk about their craft in very kind of like polar opposites. So, mm. um, so Henry keeps talking about how he kills his audience, um, about how he wants to disarm them and he wants to 
basically frighten them. And Marion Cotillard says that she saves her audience. And it's it's very much like these are very <clears throat> different people from very, very different walks who fall and, in love and to the, pretty much everyone's surprise. And the thing is, you know, if you think that that is literal, it only gets more literal as the, <laughs> the runtime goes on. It, I say, it, we find out that they love each other so much. Yeah, <laughs> in song. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, for about five it, minutes. It, you know, it, it's interesting, and I suppose, you know, um, the Sparks Brothers can kind of be. Um, I don't know. Is congratulated the right word? Maybe. Uh, mm, eh. um, say. <laughs> it's in. It's interesting. Like what they did is kind of incredibly meta, but it doesn't. Because obviously musical songs are always about talking about how you feel, but like Annette takes it to another level. Yeah. <laughs> um, it goes just further than you even think it's going to go. And I said when I came out of watching it, I kind of went to myself, this is somewhere between pretentious and compelling, and I'm not quite sure which side it falls on further. Yeah. But for that, I think I have to respect it. 100%. Mm. See, the more I think about it, the more I admire this film. Like, not least because, like, it's just so, like, for all of its pretensions, and there are pretensions aplenty <laughs> through this film, <laughs> um, like, it's just so sincere. Like, none of it is played, like, tongue-in-cheek or, like, to, to kind of wink at the audience or anything like that. It's all very, like, you want they they want you to believe in this story and those characters mm. and like the way they've told that story is certainly unconventional and not least they've got a director in who thrives in the unconventional like holy motors yeah holy cow um <laughs> yeah uh but i think i think it works and i will say like the more crafty elements like the singing certainly uh, the choreography, the puppetry, again, without getting too much into spoilers. Um, <laughs> Don't is... remind me of that. Oh my gosh. But it's yeah. so well done. Every mm. element is just like, it's it's made with love. Like, it, it feels yeah. like it's just, like, because I know that um, the Mel Brothers have both said that they wanted to make a film. And I think there were multiple projects along the way which have not come to fruition. Mm. So this feels like, Maybe not necessarily their one chance to do this, but certainly their like the biggest and most immediate chance to do this, and like absolutely they take it by both like with both hands. Yeah, for for sure. I say, um, oh gosh, yeah, it's it's really something to behold. I think it's going to be increasingly hard to find on the big screen, but I think, like Denis Villeneuve has been saying about Dune, I think it does need to be seen on the biggest screen possible. Don't get yeah. me started, Simon. And <laughs> <laughs> say, because Charlotte, that must have been a fairly big, like you, um, and the picture house central. It must have been a fairly decent sized screen for that. It was screen three actually, so not the biggest. Oh, One okay. and two are their kind of big ones, but yeah, there was a lot of it. I, again, I, I want to list sequences, but I don't want to list sequences for spoilers. But there are a yeah. couple in already in my mind that I'm thinking of. I thought this is stunning on the big screen. Yeah, mm. no, absolutely. I think. One moment in particular, and I will say, um, so Simon Helberg, uh, who was in A Serious Man and obviously things like 
that TV show sitcom. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, he's in it very, he's not in it a huge amount, like more so towards the end of the film, again, without giving too much away. But there is a sequence where, because basically his, his role evolves from being a piano accompanist for Anne's opera to being a, com- a conductor in his own right. And the sequence where he is conducting his orchestra and the camera just follows him around as he's moving each part of the orchestra around is, oh, that's great. Mm. Just with the sound on, full, big screen, yes, please. So that is cinema for me. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I may be in the minority there. But anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so far, that's two for two on films that you definitely need to watch. Um, so let's see if it's a hat trick. I don't know if I fell that far, but... I don't know. <laughs> well, for me anyway. Yeah. Okay. I think the people who love it are going to love it. Yeah. Like, it's going to become yeah. part of their personality. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly the kind of person you mean. <laughs> and I will not take that personally. <laughs> I didn't mean it as an indirect. I, I refuse. I, <laughs> I refuse to <laughs> to receive that shade. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean you could right. have the next film as part of your personality, but That's true. So you maybe start not. with uh... <laughs> no. Anyway, um <laughs> so uh so yeah. We we do have a third film to talk about. Technically, this is a hot and streamy Bow little feature. Yeah. We can we can just hot kind of and streamy. We'll just we'll throw it in. Throw it in for we'll good measure. Throw it in there. Why not? I, I couldn't. I, this is what I've been waiting for. Okay, so this <laughs> is the headline act, as it were. Um, so <laughs> uh, you may be aware that Amazon have a new version of Cinderella out. Um, it stars Camila Cabello. Uh, Billy Porter, Pierce Brosnan, Minnie Driver, um, oh, that other guy, he's in a couple of things, uh, James Acaster, Ramesh Ranganathan, <laughs> uh, Adina Menzel, um, I think I'm, I think that's all the names. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a, up, well, quote unquote, updated version of the fairy tale. Um, you all know the story. Cinderella lives with her stepmother and stepsisters. Uh, she's, Fairly humble, but always kind of made to do the jobs that her step family don't want to do until one day she is met by a helpful sprite who sends her to a ball to meet a prince. Uh, pretty much, well, with some variations, is this story. Um, and the variations have caused some uh, eyebrows to go up, uh, not least among the jump cast <laughs> crowd here. Um, so, you know what, I'm going to hold off and say, Charlotte, what did you think of Cinderella? Right. I've got lots of thoughts. I'm trying to work out what order to put them in. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll just do a stream of consciousness and then hopefully that will become like a review. Um, I have mixed feelings about jukebox musicals. Uh, when mm-hmm. they work, they work really well. And when they don't, they're Cinderella. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> My problem was... It felt like someone had thrown darts at a dartboard and landed on really random mix of songs. Yeah. And it, the film couldn't work out who it was for. Um, like Rhythm Nation, which uh, is stuck in my head, but not like the good version, this film's version. Um, <laughs> not the Janet Jackson version. 
Yeah. You know, they did Janet Jackson so dirty. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And also they use uh, Queen Somebody to Love. And you you can't, like I've decided, you can't use that in a film, especially not a Cinderella after Ella Enchanted, which I think everyone should just go watch Ella Enchanted instead. Yeah. Because I really love that film. And Lucy Punch isn't in this film as an evil stepsister. So already we're failing. Um, The prince is um, not good. There's... (laughs) so many things that are not good about it um that and then there's one thing which was really painful to watch it, like it's it's difficult to watch and then there's one bit that was really painful where i wanted my eyes to just not work for a little while <laughs> and maybe i think everybody knows what minutes. that bit is yeah uh, um i thought it was weird that people were in it like doc brown and rob beckett okay yeah. so like can i just like say <laughs> who <laughs> I don't know the director or the casting. Um, you know, because were they a, like a massive fan of British comedians or something? Like, so, yeah, oh, this is this is an interesting one. And I was, oh, wait there. I, I heard like... that James Acaster, James Acaster was talking about this on Off Menu, um, and he said that he was a last minute replacement for somebody else. He didn't say who it was. It's um, so I, I imagine John Mulaney. John Mulaney was meant to be the other mouse. <laughs> Oh, what? so not but all. Then... But wait, but he's not a British comedian. What's? Where is the consistency? There is none. <laughs> um, I think so. Basically, it was meant to be John Mulaney, James Corden, and Ramesh Ranganathan were going to be the the mice, and then obviously, John Mulaney's entire life fell apart. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I was I, I was a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, I was um, a little bit insensitive there, so I do apologise to John Mulaney. Um, but still. The co- I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. So the writer director also wrote Pitch Perfect three, oh, all the Pitch Perfects. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah, which actually makes a lot of sense because those films, while a lot of it is great, has some weird moments where the tone feels off. Right, and yeah. I think yeah. that was true with this film. It didn't know what tone it wanted to be, so it became atonal with its. Yeah. I'm just doing gestures now because I've run out of words. <laughs> they, they went, they went, they, well, they, they must have looked at Pitch Perfect and gone, right, so what are the worst bits of Pitch Perfect? Uh, mm. Of all the three Pitch Perfects, that's what we should put into <laughs> Cinderella. All of the and worst I've, bits. I've forgotten the thing that annoyed me most about this. Um, it's the fact I don't need girl boss Cinderella. See, I was going to ask about this. Yeah, oh, I wanted to bring I this up too. I love fairy tales. I I studied them at uni for one of my modules. I looked at Grimm's, Charles Perrault, which is one of the best Cinderella versions there is. Yeah. Fundamentally, Cinderella is a moral lesson to children. Nothing good happens after midnight. You're going to get into <laughs> trouble. Yeah. And I think that's something you can explore so much better than I want to make dresses and screw the patriarchy while actually adhering to the patriarchy and the narrative you tell. Like, stop trying to be cool and... um... It's so... It just comes off as so insincere and so Mm. kind of just doing it for the sake of it. It's like, like you said, it's trying to be cool. It's trying to be, you know, Cinderella in the... You know, in the modern day. And it's like, if you're going to do Cinderella in the modern day, make Cinderella in the modern day. Don't make it set in you know, when Cinderella's usually set and then try and add these these themes to it because it just it just doesn't fit. It's like sandpaper rubbing against and each other. 
really not clear when it's set. The costumes and everything don't make sense. No. <clears throat> it's shot horribly. Like, the conversations, uh, literally, mm. from one face to another. Um, even the, you know, the dance sequences, the, the musical numbers are all shot horribly. Um, Billy Porter, like, I love Billy Porter so much. Like, I cannot even begin to say. Like, because I was looking at the cast of this film and I was going, I was trying to think, like, right, who is better than this? And Billy Porter was the only name I could come up with for, like, Billy Porter, you are so much better than this film. <laughs> just like please just know because I, I was like you know what I, I was waiting can we talk about how it's two hours long as well <laughs> I was waiting for the moment obviously where it goes to, to the night of the ball and you know it's that magical bit uh, you know in the original animated Cinderella and I unequivocally love the live action Cinderella remake that Disney did I think it's great but you know whoever decided to cast Richard Madden as Prince Charming is a genius because he is literally one of the most attractive men on the planet. Um, yeah, anyway, it's the magical bit, isn't it? It's the the wonderful bit. And I was like, you know what? Billy Poor is going to bring the quality of this film up. And somehow, he just can't. He's amazing, but the, the film is at such a terribly low level that it can't, it just can't come up and Oh, it just makes me so angry. Why does this <laughs> film exist? <laughs> so, I feel like I should temper things a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so, I'm with you uh, on the first half of this film. Like, I will agree completely. I think... So, I was kind of messaging you guys whilst watching it. I was kind of, like, watching along and messaging you. And that first half, like, pre-Billy Porter is an absolute slog to get through like none of it makes sense none of it works none of it fits like you guys said it's completely uncohesive and it just yeah like i i kind of thought okay obviously i'm not the film's target audience but i did wonder if even the actual people who would want to see this version of cinderella would be bothered after watching that first half because it's so just dire and like you say, everyone who's in that, like, you've got, like, before it gets to the ball and it gets to the, yes, you shall go, everything else, you have, I mean, you have Adina Menzel, you have Camilla Cabello, who's an interesting choice for Cinderella, um, in terms of charisma and just talent, let's just say. Um, I don't think she's the best performer. Um, bless her. She gets so bogged down in trying to sing during the musical numbers that she forgets to act. That's the thing. She is, I think, a plank of wood would and, have been better and suited. Actually, as on the flip side of that, she tries so hard to act that her singing actually um, is worse off for it too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. She gets kind of misses the mark on both points, mm -hmm. which is a real shame. Like I don't dislike Camila Cabello. As, no, neither do I. As a, as a performer, I, I don't want her to fail. But that's it. Yeah, and it's just this just just isn't fit for her. I did think, because I messaged you guys just as Billy Porter came in, and my brain just immediately went, oh, at last. Okay. <laughs> um, and I did find myself kind of giving the film a little bit more goodwill, and that is including the points where James Corden is in it. I... I, I know. I know. You've got a lot of goodwill. You're a very kind person. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But, like, yeah, none of the songs make sense together. Um, there was a point 
like during the ball where there is a mashup of what a man and seven nation army and i was just thinking what on earth what on god's good earth makes those mm. two work as a as a mashup it doesn't like, it, it doesn't. doesn't but I, yeah oh god but yeah i i did find myself kind of going okay yeah if you get over the problematic girl boss stuff if you get over the weird obsession with James Corden's tail thing, front tail, <laughs> yeah, then uh, that's so basically just if you get over the whole movie, then you'll enjoy the <laughs> no, movie. Pierce Brosnan singing, right? Okay, okay, right, okay, right. No, I will not stand for this. So, <laughs> uh, can I just this say the... very quickly, Simon? Go on. Uh, so, so James Corden is now three for three on being in terrible musical adaptations, movie musical adaptations. I, I, this is an open letter to Universal, right? Right now, you cast <laughs> that man in Wicked. I will riot. I will <laughs> come to America to the Universal offices, and I will riot. No, someone's, leave someone's him out. Be, someone's got to be the sheep professor. Leave him Someone's out. got to do that something bad song. You hire you you cast him as Bok or something or like you said, yeah, Doctor Dillerman. No, don't do it. If you <laughs> cast him as the Wizard of Oz, I'm a, I'm a, mm, I'm angry. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say he's he he's well, he, <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna go there. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh boy, it's uh. Have we spent longer on Cinderella than the other two reviews combined? Like we Probably. We need to maybe stop. Shall we? <laughs> um, but no, I think generally, like, it's it's entertaining whilst it's on once you get past the hump of that first half. And Pierce Brosnan is actually really good in it. And I will say no more on the matter. Mm. And so is Mini Driver for that matter. I actually, mm, you know agree. what? Those two are good. She was fine. Yeah. She was, you know, yeah. Pierce Brosnan has the measure of this film and just. Absolutely I agree with, with his it. acting. It's the acoustic singing I disagree with. Oh no! See, I find that hilarious. I did, I did like it when they invoked the comic relief mock-up of Mamma Mia when they did the "Oh God, He's Gonna Sing." <laughs> like that was that was great. I did appreciate that moment. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've said enough about Cinderella for uh, a lifetime. Yeah. But, but yeah, I to to actually find one final final thought, and this is actually. To agree with you guys, um, I do think that this film gave me even greater appreciation for Ken Branagh's Cinderella. I already like that. I think that's already my favourite live-action Disney it's, film. It is the best. One of the best. Mm, yeah. And so. this film just goes, okay, remember that film? That is so much better than you all gave it credit for. Go see it again. Okay. My piece is said. So, <laughs> um, well, we've got a couple more bits that we're going to talk about. Um, one other bit of big news uh, for film fans in the UK, well, more, you know, hopefully outside of London as well, um, if the BFI are very nice to us all. Uh, they've released their programme uh, for this year's London Film Festival, and my word, it is Whoa! packed full of stuff. Oh, we are. Oh, we're, we're, we're absolutely going to be full to the brim. Um, we know that, uh, well, some... Film critics, uh, Katie Smith Wong being one of them, uh, has already got 30 plus on the list of just what's <laughs> going to be seen in a week and a half. And by God, 
you know, more power to her. Um, because <laughs> I'm sure ours all will be the same as well once we fill out everything that we want to go see. But I do think, you know, as as a as a little feature and a quick rundown, I want to hear what you guys are most looking forward to from this full program. Um, let's keep it to a nice round five. Maybe, you know, I'll give you some leeway. Why not? Um, so let's start with uh, Charlotte. What's what's on your radar? What's 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 really sticking out to you as films that must be seen? Right. So I've gone for five, which I think reflect my personality quite nicely, both the okay. good and the bad. French Dispatch. Yeah, I'm here for it. I might be basic, but I'm here for it. Where's um, Anderson? Belfast oh, yeah. looks yep. phenomenal. I'm really excited about that. Um, the Souvenir Part 2, because I love okay. Souvenir Part 1. Uh, True Things, which is a smaller film with Ruth, Ruth Wilson and Tom Burke. Oh. And I adore Tom Burke. Um, kind of great, psychological yeah. drama. And the Velvet Underground documentary, because I'm a huge fan of Velvet Underground. Oh, yes. That's, isn't that Todd Haynes doing that? Mm. Oh. Going to eat oh, well. Oh, yes. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, please. I mean, that is a fantastic list. And yeah, each one of those films is, I mean, has the potential to be phenomenal. I uh, cannot wait. And yeah, I, we're, just, we're just so lucky this year. <laughs> um, Alex, what about yourself? Uh, again, five, but I will be lenient if, if, if you can justify it. Mm-hmm. I can justify it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. um, so first of all, we were talking about it just last week, but we found out that we're going to be getting a preview of... The first, I don't know, maybe first couple of episodes of Succession Series 3. Oh, my word. Oh, golly gosh. I cannot wait for that. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Then this one is kind of a double header, but it's because they're both part of the family strand. Okay. Um, so Ron's Gone Wrong, which is yep. a new 20th Century Fox animation, which looks great. Um, and then Ardman's new film, which is Robin yeah. Robin. I'm I, honestly, since that got announced last year, I've been so excited to watch it. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, then, as Charlotte before me, the French Dispatch, basic together, we got to be. <laughs> um, Spencer, Pablo Lorraine's Spencer. Um, after the the reactions that are coming out of Venice, um, color me hyped. Agreed for that. Oh. And finally, the tragedy of Macbeth, because Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand in a film uh, directed by one of the Coen brothers is, on paper, potentially one of the greatest things of all time. So, yeah. I mean, I cannot disagree with you there. In fact, one of my... So I was struggling to get it down to five. I had six and then was trying to work it. You mentioned Robin Robin. That was going to be one of mine. Yes. Because... Oh, I'm so happy about that. I can't yeah. wait for it, honestly. Literally, as soon as I saw the trailer, I felt my heart grow three sizes. <laughs> yes, it looks so good. I can't wait. Advent films are always great, so it's oh, going to be good. can't go wrong. Absolutely not. Um, but aside from that, I don't know if there's much overlap with my list uh, and your guys. So um, in no particular order, I'm going to say on my five... I've got Benedetta, the new Paul Verhoeven film. It looks absolutely bonkers. And I am always here for Paul Verhoeven just trying to really provoke people and get a reaction. So, yes, please. Um, secondly, uh, Titan. Um, 
I mean, it's Julie DeCorno's follow-up to Raw. How is she going to follow that up? Well, apparently with a Palm Door winner. And Palm <laughs> Door winner, yeah, yeah. Mad. Yeah, uh, I just cannot wait to see that. Um, because if I, unless I'm much mistaken, like the London Film Festival doesn't always kind of program big festival competition winners um, from earlier in the year. So this is going to be, um, it must be a really big one. Uh, to to kind of get this attention from uh, the BFI as well, um, so very excited for that. Um, as well, I can't not mention Mass. Uh, so the film itself looks really powerful and really interesting. And of course, Jason Isaacs. I mean, his surely, surely it's time for him to be recognised as the great actor that he always is, along with Anne Dowd and Martha Plimpton, and of course Reed Burney. I oh, it's you know what? All of this is just telling me I'm going to be absolutely in floods through this film, but oh, sign me up. Um, fourth is Lamb, the A24. We mentioned it on this uh, podcast, in fact, uh, about the well, the the sheep farm with maybe a little bit more magic going on there and maybe a little sheep baby. And last of all, and this was one actually which I have a recent ad- admission ad- addition to um, what I'm excited for is Encounter. So this is uh, my yeah. So this is Michael Pierce's second film. Um, his first film, Beast, is <gasps> phenomenally Ooh. good, yeah. and it is terrific. Jesse Buckley and uh, Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> Oh my word, it is so good. And so this follow-up has Riz Ahmed in the lead. Um, and honestly, it's, yeah, Riz Ahmed, Octavia Spencer, it's going to so be... This, this would have yeah. been on my list, but... Um, yeah! I would have been on my list, but it. I'm I'm watching it at TIFF, so... Ah, yes. okay. Okay. See, so, yeah, I... Honestly, you put Riz Ahmed and Michael Pierce together, I, I will be there. Just Riz Ahmed in... Anything, oh, yeah. sublime! But oh my gosh, I mean, there are so many more films that you know. Mm-hmm. Even with what we've discussed there, um, there's so many which, I have to leave off. Oh, honestly, it's impossible to narrow it down to five. The fact that we did is testament to our own resolve there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely to go check out the uh, schedule, or if you haven't already, um, just go to the BFI website, the London Film Festival website, and go through the program. And honestly, take your pick because it's going to be a terrific festival. Uh, I cannot wait. I really cannot wait. Neither can I. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, well, let's. So we've got one, just one more thing in the immortal words. Let's wrap it up. Of the tech. No, 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 no. No, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, wrap it up with this final. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I say eager to get out of this Alex I'm sure but it's not going to happen because <laughs> <laughs> um, so we put it to a poll again uh, so a couple of weeks ago we mentioned our second choices for the Jumpcast Film Club um, and the results are in they have been tabulated and verified and I can confirm that our next film we're going to be discussing is the horror classic The Exorcist, William Friedkin's absolutely phenomenal, terrifying horror film. 
Mike Kermode's favourite film of all time, right? Mark Kermode's mm-hmm. favourite film of all time. Many other people's like finest horror films ever. I love it. It is oh, it's so good. And I cannot wait to hear what Charlotte and Alex think of it. Um, but we're going to find out. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be mysteriously ill during that recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't vomit everywhere. I mean, that'll be on brand. <laughs> so my, um, <laughs> my head is going to turn 360 and then I'm going to... Yep, we'll around. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. we'll be having our uh, special guest host Pazuzu to join us for uh, <laughs> that podcast. Uh, but you'll be able to catch that uh, on the episode released at the first of October, so right at the beginning of spooky season. If you're not already in the mood, that'll get you good and started to carry on the month. Spooky season. Oh yeah, it's that time again. My favorite time of the year. Love I just it. Cannot wait. Can't wait for this hot weather to go away. I'm going to think about, uh, as of this podcast releasing on Friday, hopefully the weather will be nice and cool again. So I'm thinking Yeah, I'd say it's pushing 30 down in London uh, at time of recording, and I cannot wait for this weather to break. Neither can I. It's September for crying out loud. (laughs) It's global warming for you, Simon. And that is what we're going to end on. You've been telling me I've been spraying all those aerosols in the air for nothing? <laughs> it's been, I bet it's been driving everywhere, even if it's like a minute journey. Just oh. uh, apparently, I'm reaping what I'm sowing. Good, thanks a lot, Greta Thunberg. Anyway, um, <laughs> got dark. Yeah, got Simon got real, um, real, real. real um, anyway, on that bombshell, <laughs> on that inconvenient truth, uh, it's time to oh, oh, oh. do uh, come back next week. Do if, if there is a next week for us to come back to. Uh, I promise we'll it gets... the last act, the third act, the headlines. Maybe Hushy, we're just speaking. Maybe we're speaking to nobody. Maybe this episode has been shelved <laughs> ever since the event. Capital T, capital E, um... <laughs> and the moon will fall. Oh God, that's oh, it. The moon's God. falling. <laughs> Emmerich, you've done it again. Okay, right. We really should wrap up now. Um, well, thank you so much for listening, even when things got really bleak in that last five minutes um we'll be back again next week again if the rocks haven't melted and the seas have boiled um thank you again to my excellent co-hosts alex thank you thank you very much and charlotte thank you thanks simon i won't look at you the same way after that monologue (laughs) (laughs) uh neither will i I you know that was very um very very likewise of henry mchenry (laughs) i think um what's your problem (laughs) (laughs) Choking on the big smoke. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Now it really is time to go. Thank you again for listening. Uh, We'll catch you next time with even more reviews, news, and features on next week's Jumpcast. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.